0: Thank you guys for leading us. Do take your seats, ladies and gentlemen. In a moment, too, I'm going to speak to you to us um, on the subject of baptism. But before we do that, we're actually going to see a video. This is Dave, Dave's story. And at the end of, when I finish preaching, we'll baptise him.
1: My name is David. I work for a large construction company in central of Bristol. Um, my journey with faith started when I was a young child started going to a a very strict Christian church, as most of us did and grew up that way, went to Christian school, Um, got to the age of 13 and then church just sort of fell away as as you grow older and get into adolescence and your life evolves. I had a family at a very young age, so I worked really hard all through my career and never really found the opportunity or looked for the opportunity to follow the church or Jesus. Later years, incidents happened into my life where I always fell back to Jesus to help me. But I never followed through, which which, which really hurts me because now I've come to a time in my life when I've met a new partner. I um, was introduced to Woodies. Um, coming, since coming to Woodies, it's like just joining a real community and a family that I've never had or never got. So it's it opened my heart to Jesus. Um, so followed on, did the off course, really enjoyed the off course. And that, answered the questions that I'd been talking to myself over years and toying with, it finally put an end, or, or an opening rather, to a question so I could explore that question further so I could grow deeper in faith and follow Jesus more and, and become a Christian. As I find my eyes are open more. I'm open more to looking at people and, and, and being more tolerant and acceptance of people. I feel as though I give more time to to Jesus because I get up in the morning and that's the first thing I think about is giving my time to Jesus and and asking for the way forward, the way that I should live my life because I would like to live my life the way Jesus lived his life and it's not just about following people and doing as you should as it says in a book, it's about a feeling inside that drives you to want to learn more, to be a better person, to, to help understand people. Since becoming a Christian and having the questions answered, it sort of led me to reading the Bible. Reading is not a natural thing to me. I read all day, every day at work. So reading something and reading a book, is it, it, sort of time I don't have. But since becoming a Christian, I do have that time because I make that time. Because that time is time well spent. It's, it's time spent in learning and growing. And sometimes you can read the Bible and you get your head in there and you go, oh, what, what, what? It, it, so much happening. And it's such an exciting story, but sometimes it can overwhelm you. And when it overwhelms me, I just skip a little bit and, and I'll go into the Psalms and I'll read the Psalms and then I'll then I'll take a Psalm and I'll take it apart and then I'll read it again and then I'll read it again and then I'll make some notes on what I've read. And then the next morning I'll wake up and then I'll read that paragraph and I'll work out how I can integrate that into my life and, and how that, so it intertwines with the way I feel. I have made the decision that I want to get baptised, is that I feel that Jesus has given me so much in my life and made me a privileged person in what I do and where I am and put me in a, a position of influence that I can influence other people. I decided to want to be baptised so that I could give something back to Jesus. To publicly announce that I love Jesus and I want to follow Jesus through my life and I want to do his work for him Along the way, for the rest of my life.
0: Thank you, David, for sharing your story with us. It's great. So, we're going to think a little bit about baptism. This is part of a series called Sacred that we're doing on Sunday mornings. And when, when something's sacred, it's something that's devoted to God. And some, some ways in which we express devoted things, sometimes the church is called sacraments, taking things that will help us get a hold of the holiness of God and make them part of our lives. And uh, there are two particular things that Jesus gave us to do to show that we were followers of him that we call sacraments. And one of them is communion, the Lord's Supper, the Mass, the Eucharist. The other is baptism. And, and they both have links with Jesus' identification with us and our identification with him. When, when Jesus himself got baptized, it was to identify with a needy, broken, fallen humanity. And John the Baptist, when he, he looked at Jesus and Jesus came to him, he said, well, yeah, I, I need to be baptized by you, not, not the other way around. But he said, let's do this to fulfill all righteousness. And Jesus was saying, I, God's son, in human now, want to identify with the human race. And getting baptized is saying Jesus identifies with us. And when we get baptized, we identify with him. That's the badge that we wear. We're a follower of Jesus. And the other um, sacrament was talked about last Sunday. It was communion, wasn't it? And just saying that when Jesus took communion and gave us that, that meal before we went to his death, he actually identified with us again in dying for us to bring us freedom from the power of sin into a relationship with God. And when we take communion, we're identifying again with him. We're covenanting ourselves as his people and following him. So, sacred. Because God has entered creation. And, And what we do now is, you know, we're not just doing kind of Christianity involves the whole of life, doesn't it? It doesn't just involve our thoughts or our inner conscience. It involves the things that we do. And and actually, what we do with our bodies counts. And there's something about what we do physically that is a participation in all that Jesus did. So there's nothing more physical, perhaps, than getting baptized by immersion. When you get into that water and get completely drenched, <laughs> it's a very physical act. But that's so that, As a whole person, you're acting out this kind of divine drama and getting hold of all that Jesus did when he gave himself to you. Now, here at Woody's, we we practice believers' baptism by immersion. And for many people, they grew up in a tradition where baptism happened when you were just very, very little, when you were a baby. And just a little reflection on that, because some of you have got little children, you may be anticipating having a baby, you may think, well, what do we do with with babies then if baptism is is for people like Dave? And I guess that um, my understanding is that um, in in the earliest centuries of the Christian church, baptism was for those people coming to faith in Jesus. But uh, by the time of St. Augustine, who lived in, well, he's born in 354 AD, died in 430 AD, um, St. Augustine was one of the people that kind of promulgated the idea of original sin. In other words, we're born corrupt, we need to be rescued, and uh, baptisms are a part of the grace of God working our lives. And in a time of infant mortality being really high, I think Augusta was really you know, concerned, if we don't baptize babies, maybe they're going to go to hell. So um, that was part of the, the way in which baptism became almost a, a kind of universal practice of, of the church. But back in the, um, in the late Middle Ages, in and, and the Renaissance period, people who were reading the Bible in their own language for the first time, some of them. This re- re- revisiting what it means to be a disciple and follow Jesus. And Those people felt, actually, it seems to us as we look at the Bible that it was people who decided as mature adults to follow Jesus. Then they got baptized. and Though they'd been part of maybe Judaism and this household of faith, they took this step of committing to Jesus because that's what Jesus said to do. A sign of your Disciples that you get baptized. And so they found themselves getting baptized again, even though they've been christened. And here in Bristol, if you go down to um the River Froome, just at the end of Wade Street, you find Bristol Mills, the Baptist Mills, the little road there, that's because that's where the Baptists used to go. And in the 17th century, they'd baptize people there. And um, and of course that was outrageous because if the people are getting baptized to say I'm a real follower of Jesus, well, what's to say to the rest of society? Are we not real followers of Jesus then? And it's interesting that those early Anabaptists, as they were called, were relentlessly persecuted. And if you go to somewhere like Munster in Germany, you'll see the cage on the cathedral there, where the bodies of the people who got baptized, like Dave, (laughs) would be hung as a sign. Don't do this. And in fact, to get baptized if you'd been christened was illegal in Europe until the 19th century. Because it's a very disruptive thing, isn't it? It says Christianity isn't just something you can be born into. It's something you've got to make your own. It has to be made personal. So that's, what, that's why we, we, we reserve baptism for adult believers or young people believers. But actually, we also want to, to say to our children when they're born, actually, we believe that Jesus taught the kingdom of heaven belongs to little children. And so we want to acknowledge children as actually part of the family of God, that they may opt out later on. You know, they may come to that point where they think, actually, that the faith of my family, the faith I've we been born into isn't mine. And, and they may go through that struggle. But while they're with us, we want to acknowledge they're part of the family of God. So we love to dedicate children. And, and that carries quite a lot of the stuff that people also want to do in baptism. So, again, if you're a parent, you're thinking about, what do I want to do to mark my child as a gift from God, someone I want to steward their life, I want to dedicate them to his service— then dedication can do all of that so that's a little prelim but i might be just thinking why why did jesus command us to get baptized let me just read to you a couple of verses uh, first of all from the end of matthew's gospel which is that famous commission where jesus spoke to his uh, disciples and it says jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So why? Why get baptized? don't know if you remember the story of Jesus' own baptism. When he came to John, he was baptized, and the Spirit of God came and rested on him like a dove. And if you're uh, familiar with the Old Testament, that picture and that incident would take you right back to the story of Noah. The, the, the Noah story depicts a world that is corrupt, that causes God's pain, and it's kind of like baptized by a flood, that the whole earth is cleansed by a flood, and Noah is in his ark and um, wondering when, when is it safe to come out? When is there going to be new creation? When is there going to be new life on the earth? And he sends out a dove, and the dove comes back with an olive branch and then goes out again and doesn't return. And the dove has rested on the new life. There's a new creation happened here. And the story of baptism is a story of new creation. It's like the old creation has been cleansed or died to, and a new creation thing is happening here. And so when when Dave gets baptized... What we'll be witnessing is like an act of new creation. It's as if God has made David, in some ways, a new man. And it's, it's not that, you know, he looks the same, you know, but there's something changed on the inside. This is the start of eternal life, a new creation life that's begun in him. So that's part of what we, we, we see happening. And, of course, the dove and the spirit, The Holy Spirit is so involved in baptism because it's because the Spirit of God has opened Dave's eyes to who Jesus is and is resting on him that he gets baptized. And actually, as I was thinking about you, Dave, Dave or David? All right, same with me, but I'm going to call you Dave just for the purposes. But, Dave, I, I, I think that God wants you to know, and I guess you do know this, but that his Spirit is resting on you. And he's making in you a new heart, a soft heart. And, uh, you know, life can be, you know, life can make us hard, can't it? That's the strategy of the powers of evil, to make us hard. But God keeps us a soft, responsive heart to him because he's actually full of love. And and love is tender, isn't it? And I just sense God is giving you a new heart and giving you a tender spirit. And his spirit is resting on you. And and when you find yourself moved by things, what what's going on? It's because the Spirit is resting on you, which is fantastic, isn't it? So anyway, so um, new beginnings. And I suppose that part of that new beginning, another sign is, is cleansing. So here's some, some another scripture. I'm going to read you from Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who've died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us, who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin, might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who's died has been set free from sin. You know, one of the, the key hallmarks of knowing God, becoming a Christian, is that our shame is taken away. I was speaking at our youth church devotion on Friday night and talking about a time when I felt real shame. And what do you do with shame? Maybe you hope that it will go away with the passage of time. What do you do with the things that you've done that you just deeply regret? And you think, I didn't keep my own moral code, let alone God's. But baptism is a place where our shame is taken away. It's a place where we are cleansed from our past. And presented brand new before our Father in heaven. And it's a wonderful thing. It's a bit like a rebirth. It's like a death and rebirth activity. New creation and cleansing belong together. And that's why we use water to baptize for people. It's a, it's a sign of being really made clean. But another thing that baptism is, it's a, kind of a, it's a bit of a covenant step. Now, a covenant is a place where we make solemn promises. And for me, baptism reminds me so much of the marriage ceremony. And, and, and people get married at a point in their lives if they get married in church they want to um, acknowledge before people that they really love this other person and that uh, they want to commit to that person for the rest of their lives you know you tend not to fall in love on your wedding day people fall in love in different ways when Tina saw me of course it was love at first sight for her um, and you can understand why a magnificent specimen particularly in those days when my hair was down to here but um You know, for some people, love is love at first sight. For others, it's a bit of a slow burn. It's a kind of getting to know you over a period of time, feeling attracted, feeling actually you become indispensable to me. In fact, you become the most important person in my life. Now, when people come to faith in Jesus, it can be a bit like that. For some people, coming to faith in Jesus is a love at first sight experience. They hear the good news of Jesus, they respond to it, and they become Christians very easily. How many people had that kind of experience here? Anyone Yeah, Hazel did. She's the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Tina did, actually, my wife. Oh, yeah, there's another one back there. Rob. So so it can happen like that. But for most people, it's a bit of a slow burn. It's a bit of a process. You might do something like an alpha course. You might ask questions. You might think, okay, so I'm becoming to believe in Jesus. What are the implications? If Jesus is God and I'm in a relationship with God, how is that going to affect my life? A bit like... When you're considering spending the rest of your life with someone, you marry. What are the implications to my free will, to my wallet, to the way I spend my time? You know, you have those questions to consider. And we, we actually consider those questions before, before Jesus too. But people come to a point where they say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. And when you've done that, whether it was over a period of time or at a moment, there will come a point where It's great to get baptized and to acknowledge before people that in this journey, there's a precipitate moment which you look back on and say, I made it public then as a witness before human beings and actually before all the watching powers of heaven and hell. I'm saying, now, when you look at me, you need to reckon that I am a follower of Jesus. He is the most important relationship in my life. When I got married... I had to say to my family and my friends, the most important person in my life now is Tina. It's not you. My first loyalty is to her, not to you anymore. And when we get baptized, that's what we're saying. We're saying my first loyalty is to Jesus now. Every other love sits under those things, not diminished by sitting under that thing, but enhanced by those things. But the first love, the first call, the first loyalty is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why it's a mark of discipleship. There's this circle of obedience, isn't it, when Jesus says, teach them to obey, baptize them, teach them to obey. Well, baptizing is the first step of obedience that marks out a consecrated life. And just as the whole person is immersed in water, the whole of my life is a place where I want to work out what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And you might be, be sitting here thinking, well, I all very well giving this talk about some but I've been baptised. How many people have been baptised at some point in their life? Well, it's kind of like most of you, actually, isn't it? And maybe if you're here today or if you're watching online and you haven't been baptised, or even if you're, you've, you can't re-identify really as a Christian yet, this is an opportunity for you as you listen to this talk to think, hmm, so this is what Christianity is. It's a, it's a life of discipleship. It's a life of following Jesus. But if you have been baptised, why, why are we preaching about it? Well... When I take a wedding service, which I really enjoy doing, by the way, I'm taking two quite soon, so I'm looking forward to it. But um, when I kind of do the vow bit, you know, um, come together, the prince of God, to witness the marriage, etc. cetera, um, before I do that, I say, look, if, you've, if you're married today, this is a good chance as you hear these solemn promises to renew your vows, to recommit yourself to this, to your spouse, this, this life of exclusive love. And I also say, if you are not yet married, but you would like to be one day, then think carefully, listen to the solemn responsibilities as well as the joys and privileges of marriage. And I want to say exactly the same to you in terms of this baptism. If you've been baptized today, reconsider your discipleship, your covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following him as wholeheartedly as on the day when you are baptised, and if for you your baptism was a christening, then <laughs> maybe uh, it's a bit of a different story. But um, but um, if, if yeah, let's let's take the opportunity of hearing David's story, of hearing his vows, to recalibrate ourselves, to reconsecrate ourselves. I want to go out from here living as it does the of the Lord Jesus, and when I've failed in that, if I have failed, in that, I want to renew my vows. And actually, we're going to give you an opportunity to renew your vows in a very particular way. And we did this at the 915. It was powerful. If today, after the baptism, as we go back into worship and ministry, you sense that you want to renew your commitment to follow Jesus, I'm going to invite you just to come to the front, and myself and some others will be here. And we'll just, actually, we're not going to get you baptized all over again, but we will just take a bit of the water from that pool and splash it on you, and pray that God would fill you with his spirit, and send you out from here, living again as a renewed disciple in the power of God's Holy Spirit. So, this is an adventure that David's on, and who knows what God's going to do with your life? There you are. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that you work in construction with this huge team, with this massive project, and that there God has sent you as a missionary, as an ambassador for Him. And people look at your life and they'll talk about you. Like, and what, what what's going on with them? Oh, do they know you're getting baptised? Yes. Yeah, share the video with them. Yeah? But, but great. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? We've got our missionaries going out to Bedminster right now and working with working men and women and just telling them about... Anyway, i will do all sorts of good stuff. But um, this is the drama that Dave's going to act out now. And um, and that's, that's his witness. And, you know, I, I think... Just as I close, if you haven't been baptised and you'll follow Jesus, why not? Have I been clear? (laughs) And you might think, well, look, it's a bit late now. I've been a Christian for a long time. I remember my my friend and colleague, Lois McGinley, who'd been working with me in the church for years, getting baptised out of Bristol because she didn't want to do it here. Um, because oh, it's a bit embarrassing, I've been part of this church for ages. But honestly, it's okay to get baptized later in life. Actually, in marriage, sometimes people live with one another for 15, 20 years, and actually, we should get married. And we don't think you've left it a bit late. We celebrate with them, don't we? We say, great, go for it, guys. And we, we want to celebrate with you. If you have not been baptized and, and you've been around for a little while, it's not too late to discover. The more that god has for you and it's not too late to affirm in a very public way your witness It was a joy earlier on this year to baptize brenda miller i won't tell you how old she is i'm not sure i precisely know but i know that she's older than me and she's been part of the church and, and a christian for a really long time but for her taking a step of baptism was a really significant thing so if you would like to get baptized we've got some baptism booklets I'll wave one at you so you know what they look like. We've got lots of these. And um, do take one away. And and Brad's and talked to Hazel or Rachel or myself, or one of the teams. Think, I'd love to get baptized. When's the next chance? Well, the next chance is tonight, actually, because we're doing it all over again. But um, we, we'd love to kind of, um, yeah, really bless you as you take that step. So in, in, right now, um, Brad and, and Pete are going to stand with David, and he's going to, they're going to ask him some questions. He'll make some solemn promises. They're going to plunge him under the water. They're going to push him down so he gets right under. They're going to pull him out again. And then one or two of us are going to pray over David and bless him. And then we'll be going back into to worship ministry stuff. But David, Pete, Brad, over to you. If, if you're a close friend, you want to come and stand around the pool? That'll be fine.
2: okay david i'm just going to ask you a couple of questions before we baptize you Um, do you believe in god the father who made you in jesus the son who died for you and the holy spirit who comes to live in you yes i do do you choose to make jesus christ your lord committing yourself to him and seeking to follow him from this day on in the strength he gives you yes i do on on confession of your faith, uh, we gladly baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
3: Yay! (laughs) Well done, amazing.
2: Just love to bless you and pray for you now, David. Yeah, Father God, I just thank you for this commitment, this very visual act that David has made to show that commitment to following you, that your Holy Spirit rests on him, that he's now living not for himself but for you, living in your love as a child who's been adopted into your family. And I just pray that he would be aware of your presence on him. Yeah, just a, a Bible verse uh, I'd like to give you today is from. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, which says, confidence in this, that he who began the good work in you will see it through to completion. Um, you've taken hold of his hands, but Father, I pray that David will be so aware of you taking hold of him. On those days when his grip doesn't feel so tight, he will be super sensitive to the tightness of your grip on him, the grip of love that you will hold on to him all his days. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Yeah, David, I was just thinking, um, earlier we were hearing about Ethiopia, and there's a story in the Bible about an Ethiopian getting baptized and then immediately being sent out. And I just want to pray that you will know that you'll be full of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will be filled up with the Holy Spirit. And I pray that um, as you go back into your workplace, as you go back into the different relationships where God has um, put you, that you'll just be authentic. You won't think, I have to be anything other than who you are. And I pray that God will continue to mold you into the man
0: that He wants you to be. Amen. As I put my hand on you, God has His hand on your life, David. Lord, send more power in the name of Jesus. More of your spirit. Just fill Him up, Lord God, so He overflows with your love and grace. And as your hand is a hand of blessing, it's also a hand of guidance. It's a hand on the head. It's a hand on the shoulder. It's a hand that propels you into the world to live as a child of God. And we pray that God will protect you from all the pressure of the evil one. And that you'd know the victory of God in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen.
3: going just jump in one little prayer for me. I was praying for you this morning in my kitchen and this verse came to my mind. And it says, it's from Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And I think there's something about God's word that God really wants you to um, persevere in reading his word. Because it's full of promises. It's full of truth. It's going to be your foundation for life. And feelings will come and go. And there will be good times and bad times. But his word is steadfast and true and solid. And so I just pray, Lord God, that this man would be a man of your word that he would love your word, he'd love the Bible, he would dig into it, he'd wrestle with it, he, he would kind of fight to understand it, but also that you would speak to him through your word. It would be on his lips, it would be on his mind, it would be in his heart. And uh, yeah, we just bless him, God, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and thank you um, that you're sending him out to be your ambassador into Bristol and beyond, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. round of applause, everybody. Amazing.
0: This is what we're going to do now. Here's, Here's four things that I love to see happen every time we gather in this church. Four Ws. I want to see welcome, worship, word of God, and wonders. Things that only God can do. Answers to prayer. And so as we finish our service today, there's a chance for some prayer. If you've come with a need today, a need for God's healing, blessing, a word from God, an encouragement to be filled with the Spirit, anything, uh, there's a little prayer ministry team. They'll, they'll be over here on the left. They'd love to pray with you as we go back into worship. That's your chance. If today you're one of those people that says, I want to just make a step of re-covenanting myself as a follower of Jesus. There'll be a few of us here. We'll take some of this water. We'll just sprinkle it on you. And we'll, we'll, we'll pray that God will just, again, send you out from here, like Dave, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to stand again, you're just free, just come out of your chair if you'd like to, to go back into worship, to come and get a little bit of prayer. That would be fantastic.